It's Thursday, April 28th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, and from Income Investor, James Early. Guys, good to see you. Thank you, Chris. We have got earnings from Baidu and Procter & Gamble, but we are going to start with the world of oil. ExxonMobil and Royal Dutch Shell both reported big jumps in first quarter profits, beating expectations. Uh, so, James, I guess higher oil, oil prices, they're good for someone. That is right, Chris. <laughs> uh, the, the, the obvious uh, thing, you have high oil prices, you're going to have high oil profits for, from oil companies. Uh, everybody else, though, tends to suffer. Oil is, is basically interwoven into the fabric of our lives through transportation, through chapstick, through uh, so many other things. Um, <laughs> the, the, the problem with, with the big oil, yeah, there, <laughs> a lot of other things besides chapstick, too. Um, <laughs> The oil companies are bacon can't, <laughs> can't pump enough oil, uh, which is which is one issue. Uh, and I guess the second thing to think about is that big oil companies are not just big oil companies anymore; they're big oil and gas companies. And natural gas is kind of the sleeper hit. It's doing it's doing very well these days because prices are so cheap, especially with the Japan disaster. Because a lot of the companies, uh, a lot of the countries uh, and companies that are pulling back on nuclear are replacing that with natural gas because it's very quick, very cheap to to ramp up. So look for that to be a catalyst going forward, and look for the negative catalyst might, might be the talk of some type of windfall tax, which I am opposed to. I, I think it's a bad idea, but but every time you see oil companies making these big profits, windfall tax comes up. Yeah, I was going to say CNBC was reporting uh, this morning that uh, uh, both Harry Reid, the Democrat leading the Senate, and John Boehner, the Republican Speaker of the House, uh, came out in favor of uh, uh, of an uh, tax on the oil companies. Or the chapstick I, prices are just going to go up. <laughs> Bill, what, what are you going to do? I don't. I have a tube of chapstick that I paid. Thirteen dollars for actually. What? It was in 1990. At that, it was in Barrow, Alaska, the northernmost town in the U.S. No roads. Everything has to be flown and or shipped by boat. So everything's cost a fortune. So that was that was the price. You still have it? I think I still saved it because it was just so expensive. I just have to save. There the are so many more stories but behind this. Mint. I'm pretty it's just, sure it's, just, it's terrible. There's this horrible feeling on your lips too. I didn't even like it. Uh, yeah. There's okay. like seven Re- questions. Anyhow, Returning to the oil companies, Bill Mann, what did you uh, make? Two of interesting things to me is one is that they didn't actually generate most of their gains from exploration and production. They got most of it from what they call downstream. So marketing and especially refining. Their refining margins were huge. And as James mentioned also, they generated big gains from natural gas, what they call barrels of oil equivalent, which is you know kind of code for all the other stuff that we're pulling out of the ground. So it was a, it, it was a great report for them, but it wasn't necessarily driven by the higher oil prices, you know, from an exploration perspective. Is there an oil stock in particular that is on your radar? It doesn't have to be one of these two, but is there one out there that you're um, finding particularly attractive as an investor? You know, Chris, I've probably said a million times, I guess at least four, uh, <laughs> that, that the future of oil is not the easy-to-get-to uh, uh, light oil. It's really deep, nasty sludge way below uh, the, the, the surface of the earth under the ocean, typically. And, and Chevron, I like in the U.S. for <laughs> that. That's why I like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Petrobras is a Brazilian company. This is an income investor recommendation, as is Chevron, uh, that also does a really good job with deep water oil. So I like those two. What about you, Bill? You know, we've had a uh, position for a long time in a company called Look Oil, which is a which is a Russian uh, oil company, which is uh, you know is, is is somewhat difficult to get your head around. You know, r- running into uh, in, in, into Russia to invest, but they have a very good management team, uh, and it's priced. Uh, it has nearly as much oil 
uh, in the ground as uh, as as Exxon does, but its price is about an eighth of the price, and so you you're getting an enormous discount to uh, to hold it. This morning, Baidu.com, the Chinese search engine, reported first quarter earnings that were more than double their quarter a year ago. Uh, the stock actually isn't doing a whole lot in terms of moving one way or the other. But uh, already uh, done that. Yeah, but uh, I think the more interesting thing for for us is uh, something that Bloomberg had reported earlier this month that Facebook has signed an agreement with Baidu to set up a social networking website in China. Um, Bill, man, I'll start with you. Facebook, Baidu, who does a deal benefit more? Well, it benefits both of them. I mean, Baidu could conceivably do it by the by themselves, but the thing that a lot of people have been focusing on is is the fact that Facebook right now is shut out of China because, you know, they they can block whatever they want. But I think that the issue for Facebook is that they will, you know, that Baidu is absolutely it's one of the best franchises in the world now at this point, and they have a way of leapfrogging and just launching into China in a very in 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 a very big way. And I think that one of the big things that that Facebook is afraid of in China isn't the government; it's the competition. They've been beaten in Japan. They've been beaten in Korea. It's the only part of the world where they really have suffered against local competition. Well, what would a Facebook China look like, though? I mean, are you only allowed to friend the government? I mean, that would be, to me, one of the big questions. Is <laughs> I'm going to go with it's going to be in Chinese. functionality are you losing uh, uh, with this? You, know, can they still you don't get to poke people anymore. <laughs> and, it, you know, it'll be uh, – it, it, if, if you use the internet in China, there's always this, this, this very bizarre little pause because someone is actually looking at the page. And so I imagine in China there's a whole lot of – Self-censorship, when uh, you know, and 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 I suppose that I suspect that you know it'll be a, it'll be a similar experience that you know for the, for the Chinese who are used to using the internet in China, I guess by definition that's true. Um, this isn't going to be a strange experience for them. Procter and Gamble <laughs> reported an eleven percent increase in third quarter profits, but lowered its forecast for the year. P and G says its commodity costs will increase by one point eight billion this year, three times higher than what it forecast last summer. A lot of Barrow-based chapstick, I guess, goes into their stuff. <laughs> Apparently, uh, James P and G is raising prices on a number of products. What was your take on the earnings? Well. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, I think they're actually pretty good. The big question, though, is, is not the these earnings. It's, it's what happens going forward. And I would think, you know, who, who's going to be using less toilet paper? And, and, and that's really the operative question because some people will use a little bit less when the prices go up. I just don't know how Wait a minute. much. Whoa. I'm what? just saying. It's, it's going to be a mathematical response, right? If it gets more expensive, you're a little more cautious with it. Uh, or maybe it's like I don't even bathroom. know you. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, let's let's shift gears. Um, you know, the, the, thank you. <laughs> truly, though, the, these companies have maxed out demand, or at least reached a sort of a. These companies, I mean, Procter and Gamble, I mean, uh, probably Unilever. You could throw Colgate in there. A lot of these these companies are similar. Have maxed out demand in the developed markets, mm-hmm. and they're running up the issue is okay. Well, we're fighting generic brands, and we're also fighting commodity prices. Um, so, how much of this can we pass through? And just now, P and G is starting to raise prices on toilet paper, on these other things. And we're going to see. It's going to be a little bit of an experiment. Commodity prices, though, are very, very volatile, much more so than, than stock prices yeah. usually. So they are hard to predict. And sometimes companies get left holding the bag. It can work the other way, too, because P&G can't move its prices around as much as the commodities move. So we'll see. 
Yeah, so, I think one of the big issues is that P&G doesn't see much growth in the developed market. I mean, 66% of their business is in the U.S. and in developed Europe. The remainder is in emerging markets. And the big problem for them right now with the commodity prices is that the developing market is more sensitive to the price increases than the developed market might be. Yeah. Colgate Palmolive uh, reported strong earnings, says it now has about 45% of the global toothpaste market. The share of mouth, I think, is what I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, over the next few years, is Colgate Palmolive a more attractive stock to you than Procter & Gamble? For, for me, Chris, P&G is already an II stock, so I kind of like it for home team reasons. But Colgate is one of the, those companies that I always look at almost every month or every few months. So I really think it is a strong company as well. So um, does that mean because P&G is a income investor recommendation? I'm just going to give you the party line. Yep. No, 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 I was just, just going to say, does that mean that you're a Crest guy and not a Colgate you guy? You know, I am, I am more of an eco guy. I like the, the uh, non-fluoride. Uh, yeah, the sticks, non-fluoride actually. one, but also not with the uh, – What's that thing that enhances estrogen? I don't use mint. There's some uh, 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 tea tree oil. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't do that. So I look for for like the the purest tooth, toothpaste I can find. Bill, I like estrogen. I guess I, I'm, I'm a Pepsodent guy. Pepsodent? Do they still make that? They do. God, yeah. I, I, I bought it in Barrow, Alaska. It was sixty three dollars. <laughs> I better use it. Our producer Matt Greer was saying before the taping, uh, he was he was throwing out AIM. AIM. I didn't even oh, know they still made they, AIM. Yeah, made this no, since the I 80s, think they yeah. put AIM in other stuff now, like solvents, and, you know, <laughs> um, toilet paper. Before Maybe that's why the prices have gone so much up exactly. so much. Before we wrap up, the very big story across the pond uh, tomorrow is, of course, the royal wedding of William and Kate. Both you guys are married. I'd like you to give one piece of marital advice, and I would like our listeners to pay close attention because uh, basically I want you to vote on on which guy you think is giving better advice, Bill Mann or James Early. Bill Mann, one piece of marital advice. Oh, it's a competition. I was just going to say- One piece I'm, of marital advice for William and Kate. I'm super happy right now that the, the, that the Kate that's being talked about right now is not Gosselin anymore. <laughs> ah, so true. Um, so the, ba- the, the, the piece of advice that I would give is that you should always give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. I mean, these guys, they, they, he, has, he has grown up in- you know, in the public eye, and so he's gonna, he's gonna hear things. I mean, people will gossip about them forever. So you should always give your give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. Okay, good advice, Bill. Man, good James. Advice. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm probably not one to talk if you ask my wife, but I would say, <laughs> you know, in general, don't try to squeeze water out of a rock. And, and that's not as jaded as it sounds. I think that. Marriage is one piece of a healthy life, and we've gotten this notion in, in, in modern society that, that marriage is supposed to be the be-all, end-all. But for most of humanity, it was more of a practical thing to, to, to raise kids and kind of stick together. And I'm not, I'm not saying peel it back to that, but remember, you have to have other things going on, too. And if you try to squeeze too much fulfillment out of just your marriage, it's, it's going to actually it's going to hurt, and, and, and it's, it's probably not the healthiest thing. So I totally of, just won this. Send us an email, radio at fool.com. That's radio at fool.com. James Early's Don't Squeeze Water That's from right. a Rock Advice or Bill Mann's advice about giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt. Drop us an email. James James's wife is currently giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I hope she is. Actually. That's radio at fool.com. Bill Mann, James Early. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. 
That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Be sure to check out Motley Fool Money this weekend on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. Our special guest this week, Dave Ramsey, best-selling author and radio show host, who's frankly on about, uh, I don't know, 15 times as many radio stations as we are. Uh, our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Your advice is basically marriage. Eh. <laughs> it sounded worse than I meant it to sound. And then I, I started talking and talking through it, but I'd written down, I'm like, this kind of sounds worse than I meant. Marriage. <laughs> marriage, not quite as bleak it's, as you think. It's, it's neither the worst or the best thing that will ever happen to you. <laughs>